Hi, you're listening to another podcast on the Cloud Evangelist website. My name is Richard Morell. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to download this file. Alternatively, if you're listening to this podcast on your device of choice via iTunes, Stitcher, or Podfeed, even better, proof that the magic works. And trust me, it's a lot of hard work to make it work. So today we're going to be talking to Sebastian Grosjean from the Apache Cloud Stack project. Sharp intake of breath, the Red Hat guy's talking to the Apache Cloud Stack guy. We're talking open source. We're talking interoperability. We're talking open standards. We're talking Delta Cloud. We're talking how to get to cloud. And Sebastian and I have worked together at conferences before. Very bright, very astute guy, hugely academic, understands open source, understands the whole Apache project inside out. And I saw him on the roll call attending FOSDEM and I thought, wow, this could be a real opportunity to do a heavyweight podcast. And that's exactly what we've done. And it's picked up some press coverage this week in Cloud Pro. I, I saw Adrian Bridgewater had done an article on it. So big shout out to Adrian. And we're going to be talking really from an engineering perspective and also from a standards-based perspective. Coming in the next week, 10 days, I've got another four or five podcasts that I recorded at FOSDEM, talking to John Mark Walker about Cluster, talking to Ross from TenGen about the whole NoSQL MongoDB piece. We're also going to be talking to Robin from the Fedora project. And we're also going to be talking to Mark McLaughlin, talking about OpenStack, talking about all the goodness that comes out of there following his election to the board of directors for the foundation, which is always good news. So thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Here's the interview I recorded with Sebastian. Enjoy and come back soon. I'm joined by a cloud heavyweight this morning. A practically cloud stack stalwart. Citrix heavyweight. Sebastian, it's great to have you on the podcast. Introduce yourself. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for, uh, for having me. So, as you said, my name is uh, Sebastian Gwesgen. I work for Citrix, but uh, exclusively on the Apache cloud stack, the, the open source uh, cloud solution. So, you more than anyone at FOSDEM... Um, understand that for cloud to be successful, we need to be open and we need to start having those discussions with the CIOs and the decision makers who traditionally maybe have thought that a shrink wrap solution with an SLA and somebody potentially to sue was the way that they acquired technology. Cloud more than anything changes that whole paradigm, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, what you see actually in the the, the cloud solution, especially at the infrastructure layer, is that the open source is leading. Uh, You know, of course, Apache CloudStack, but definitely, you know, everybody has heard about OpenStack and Eucalyptus and Open Nebula. So open source is leading in that field. We find that when we go out and talk to customers, it's almost like they've spent their procurement dollar already on VMware or they've looked at alternative technologies. And I try and tell people a story around the whole lock-in thing, and you see their eyes glaze over because they're not thinking about the year one cost. They're thinking about potentially the year two and the year three costs of implementing cloud. But many cloud vendors in the public space, they seem to have already built clouds in the hope that customers are going to just come up and start consuming those catalog items without potentially asking what the customer is actually requiring for their business models. Yeah, well... You know, getting back to VMware, I think you go back to the whole consolidation field, and that's really how it started with virtualization. Uh, yeah. Enterprise wanted to, uh, cut, you know, cut down costs by consolidating, doing consolidation of their of their data center. Now that that consolidation system can evolve into a public cloud that they can sell to their customers or a private cloud uh, internally. Um, but yeah, they need to understand really what, what the customer is looking for and how they can evolve that infra- infrastructure to, to meet their needs. And a CIO, his IT department, 
it's ever-changing. If you look at back in the day when we had developers in the enterprise space, their enterprise ambition was curtailed by the development environments that they had available to, whether it, whether it was Visual C++ or Visual Basic. And his change control requirements were quite simple because it depended on the box of MSDN CDs that arrived on his desk every quarter as to what version people were using. But now a lot of these CIOs and CTOs, they've got a lot of developers in their back-end de development environments using their choice of IDE, whether it's Glade or Eclipse. They're using Ruby, Python, PHP, OpenJRE, etc., etc. And he's got to safely try and get all these ambitions to cloud, as well as once he's out there, try and keep the whole lifecycle management. And... You know, it puts a new strain on the relationship between the CIO and the developers, but it also, you know, it's, it's a whole new world of opportunity as well, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you, you said right. I mean, definitely, you know, you need to lose control to gain control. Yeah. And what, what the CIO needs to do is, is enable its IT to be extremely flexible and enable its developers to develop with the tools that they want. If they are very controlling and, you know, they are, they are not empowering the development of new applications, they are reducing, they are increasing the time to market. Uh -huh. With the cloud, you know, really, they are giving the developers their preferred tools. It's almost like bring your own development environment instead yeah, of yeah. bring your own device. Yeah, yeah. So they, they need to enable that, that environment that's going to empower, you know, new products, new innovation, and, and give the keys, you know, to, to the developers and the operators. Okay, so talking about innovation, talk to us about Apache Cloud Stack, because it's gone through a major growth curve over the last 18 months, two years. Yeah, so, you know, CloudStack was, was open source before moving to Apache, but, you know, when Citrix acquired cloud.com, yeah. part of the strategy, they really wanted to, you know, participate and, and be a leader in the, uh, the open cloud uh, area. Mm -hmm. So they, they donated uh, CloudStack to, to Apache, and that, that move was really, uh, you know, thought through because Apache is, of course, a leader in, you know, open source uh, foundation and building communities around mm -hmm. software. Uh, so now with CloudStack, we are we're building this community around the idea of you know open cloud, empowering enterprise, empowering customers, and, and and so on to to be more nimble, more more flexible. And is there any news or likelihood that we're likely to see some integration with uh, the whole uh, CloudStack and Delta Cloud? Yeah, that's the you know that's the whole idea. We're seeing lots of integration with different solutions. Uh, you know, Ceph storage right now is big. We're seeing you know Nisera integration. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even though it's proprietary, but we we are seeing being open source, we enable lots of developers, lots of other people to participate in the development of CloudStack and and write open source plugins. Uh -huh. So definitely, with uh, with Data Cloud, we we look forward to it. Uh, we want to see it happen. Uh -huh. um, you know, there's been some talks at the the collaboration conference to uh -huh. uh, to to develop a Delta Cloud driver, and what Delta Cloud you know really brings to us is the the CME front end. You know, uh -huh. to basically expose a standard. Uh -huh. Getting back to the CIO, the, the, the CIO is probably worried about standardization of the cloud APIs and so on. Uh, we have a, an EC2 mapping, uh, but EC2 is not a standard. It's uh -huh. a de facto standard, uh, which, you know, for some is, uh, is good enough. Uh, but CME, obviously, is, uh, you know, uh, up-and-coming standard. OCCI is another one. Uh -huh. um, so I would love to see some, uh, some data cloud developers uh, help us out. And um, we, we have a, a Ruby client. Uh -huh. Uh, now enabled uh, by our uh, release manager, Chip Childers from, from SandGuard. He actually participated in the Yeah, the I, think, CIMI, I, think, I, I, I think Chip is the guy who's actually doing a lot of the Delta Cloud, the back-end Ruby stuff. Uh, so he participated in the, the, the development of the, the, the CIMI specification, so you know, he really wants to see it happen. Okay, good. It's just from our perspective, from a Red Hat perspective, it's all about 
managing the ambition of the enterprise customers wanting to migrate uh, across multiple heterogeneous clouds. So if you have that development integration and those uh, REST APIs that are able to translate that into actual physical deployment, opens better than nothing at all. Yeah, it is. And, you know, g going back to the standard, what, what I remember from the whole uh, uh, web services area is that there was humongous you know, a number of standards and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and methods and, and web services being defined specs. People got lost in there. And when REST came about, you know, they really embraced it because it was much simpler. And transparent. Yeah. And, and when you look at Delta Cloud, what they've, you know, what they've done building that layer on top that can talk to multiple API, bringing one API and, you know, for, for many, I think, you know, that's a, that's a good strategy. Mm -hmm. and, and Delta Cloud bringing uh, the semi the front end instead of the own Delta Cloud API for, for users is a, is a good strategy. So props to Red Hat. Okay, so you've m moved your family from America back to Europe. Yep. Technologically, was that a... I mean, when you come back from America to Europe, do you notice a difference now? Because America, I've always found, is the brave new world when I've worked there. And all of a sudden, you come back to Europe, and it's a bit of a backwater sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, innovation, definitely tech innovation happens a lot in the Silicon Valley. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's, that's definitely. So if, if you want to, you know, be at the core, you probably should go to Silicon Valley. But you come to FOSDEM and you see, you know, 5,000 enthusiast uh, open source developers, you know, guys like yourself and, uh, and so on, who participate in the community. And with all the new tools, you know, podcasting and uh, video conference and so on, distance shouldn't matter. We've been talking about it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, let's, let's do it. So it, we, it, we should be able to be anywhere. You know, 15 years, no, 14 years ago, when I started to launch my own internet based uh, technologies with Smoothwell, we were able to just work over IRC. I, I think I still haven't met 94% of the people who were developing stuff because it was all just nameless faces people on an internet relay chat client. Yeah, you know? and, and going back to CloudStack, you know, I mean, I, I was surprised to see that a lot of the, the discussion happens on IRC, not the decisions, that's important. No, but the discussion. The, the yeah. discussion it still, happens It still on happens. IRC. And, you know, we haven't moved forward in 10 or 15 years, and it's great. You know, there's this, it's almost like guerrilla skunk marketing. Yeah. And uh, I, f I find also with the podcast as well that uh, they get populated a lot through IRC channels. Podcast and, uh, you know, IRC, all the, uh, you know, I was, I was listening, uh, I was in the XMPP session yesterday. I love, I love this protocol and they, they develop BuddyCloud. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all XMPP based, basically, you know, a, a mini Facebook uh, open source mm -hmm. uh, relying on an open standard, uh, you know, specification. But that's, it, how, things, that's how things are going to grow. And I, I remember when uh, enterprise customers started embracing Jabber, I was both excited and also quite nervous because, you know, people didn't understand the whole governance and conformance piece around corporate messaging. Mm -hmm. And I think XMP, XMPP at least is an open standard that people can embrace. It's documented, it's understood, and there's a wealth of developers out there you can go and hire. Yeah. You know? And again, open you know open breaks the you know the lock-in issue that all the, the the CIOs have. Sometimes I think maybe CIOs think about lock-in as a as a way to get keep a competitive advantage. Yeah. Uh, because they keep it secret. Mm -hmm. But with with open source, you know, they have the this whole community you know helping the development and and they gain lots of competitivity from from open solution. Okay, so if I had to ask you with a crystal ball, where the whole CloudStack piece is going to be in a year, 18 months' time, what would your ambition be? Well, the, the ambition is really to have, you know, 
build a build a community i mean we we have to give props to uh, to openstack they have a, a huge marketing lead in terms of you know uh, open solution uh, yes but but, yes but, that, but that assumes that openstack is i mean o openstack's a consortium it's a it's a, a fellowship it's a body it's not a, a corporate entity as such when you talk about marketing i think it's more groundswell isn't it they've got more more yeah. sound bites. Yeah, what I, what I wanted to say is that, you know, CloudStack definitely is, is new in, yeah. in the Apache eight months, so people still don't know much about it, especially in Europe. That's why I came over to, you know, evangelize. That's my title, evangelize mm -hmm. CloudStack, build a community, get developers engaged. And we have, you know, we have lots of people using it. And we, what's, you know, really strange with, uh, with open open source is that you know people don't tell you they're using it and then you run into somebody in the street and they tell you oh yeah i'm running cloud it's running great mm -hmm. and uh you know we need we need more of that we need people to acknowledge that they're that they're using it that mm -hmm. they're that they're happy with it and we also give the feedback you know to the community so we can you know make it a, a better product and also i think use cases never hurt to have yeah. those use cases documented because it just it just gives people that little comfort blanket as well. And that's really how CloudStack started. It started as a you know meeting a need for the enterprise for to to, to basically build a, a private and public cloud. So we are driven by use cases. We are driven by requirements, specs to really meet that need. You know whether it's the multi-tenancy or you know the the, the storage uh, object store that we integrate with CloudStack. We we need that feedback loop to be able to you know create a create a great product. Now, we recently did a, a conference together in London, uh, Adele Cloud Day, uh, which if you looked at the makeup of the room, there were some academics, there were some attorneys, there were people from a traditional proprietary element within Dell, and I think you in one corner, me in the other, were set up as the four guys to talk open, mm -hmm. to make people feel nervous. And it was interesting, I came out of that meeting thinking, have we actually moved forward? Did we get the point across that we wanted to make? It's really difficult when you have a lot of companies who've, who, who've made marketing dollar from proprietary technologies. When you start to talk about what open actually means without this level of nervousness creeping in, and especially around things like open standards with security in the cloud, um, and you know, trying to push P PCI DSS and Basel, and us trying to make the point that actually you need a blended understanding of what security means in cloud if you're going to remain both in conformance with your governance, but also if you're going to be able to manage your own internal processes in cloud. How do you feel about that? Or? Yeah, I think what's what's happening is that, so cloud has been around, you know, if you think about it, 2007, 2008, that's when we, we started hearing about the actual world uh, cloud, even though virtualization was much uh, uh, several years before that. I think companies are still, um, they have lots of fear, you know, it's changing the way they are doing their IT, the, uh, the way they're thinking about operating it, the way they're thinking about how the developers build application and, uh, and so on. So they're a little bit, uh, you know, backing up and they're, they're afraid that it's going to change too much, they're going to lose that control, you uh -huh. know. Uh, of course they bring up the, the security aspect, but again, it's just, uh, you know, waving the, the fear factor uh, flag when, you know, they're, they're as long as you have good security processes and you make those evolve and you have good practices, you shouldn't be scared of the cloud. Uh, so, you know, the, it's really the, the fear of the unknown and they need to embrace that, uh -huh. you know, they need to have a, an infrastructure that evolves, that is more dynamic and that is going to empower their business. But making that case that it's going to empower them and, you know, increase their sales, basically, uh -huh. uh, you know, we have to make that case. It's been absolutely great having you on the podcast, Sebastian. Yeah. Thank you for making the time. Thanks very much, Richard. And uh, we look forward for more uh, collaboration with Red Hat. That's great. Thanks for your time. Thanks.